1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car
2: insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive
1: Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: 8 o'clock hour. We have already had Mike McCarthy, Sonny Dykes. The next head coach of my godson at 840. Oh. I didn't even want to talk about Michigan. That's how I... That's how we got him on. Are you are you gonna angle for that? Yeah. Are you, are you
4: gonna angle during the interview, like, hey, I uh, just want to read off some statistics to you, some of the stuff that's been said <laughs> in the trades. Yeah.
3: You I, know. I don't want my godson to go to Vanderbilt. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you
1: never want him to go to
3: get a like an amazing education. No, it's about the pros. Yeah. It's about it's about it's about being a one percent. I think ma- you can make the pros from Vandy. Well, I told I told my boy Jake, whose son it is, I said, "Correct me if I'm wrong. All you got to do is have." A game against the big dog in the SEC. Yeah. You go up against a first round corner and you're at Vanderbilt and you dice him up or have three for one thirty, right? If you have a game, how's that change, Bobby? You do the draft show and all the scouting homework. You're at a lower school and you go up, he 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 posterizes sauce gardener and Vanderbilt is two and ten on the year for draft stock.
4: Yeah, I think that how much has that changed the 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 line for a long time about guys who play at smaller schools or worse programs has been uh, people in front offices will say they need to walk on water. Like, I can't just see you being good. I need to see you crush people like, you know, how the BCS and stuff used to matter about how much you beat somebody. They need to see you being dominant when you play those teams. When you're at Vandy and and, and you're at a, a school that's struggling, but you're still playing good competition and you're you know putting up big numbers, I still think it, you know, making a big play on a sauce, watching those matchups, they do care mm-hmm. about the individualized matchups of like how did you show up against this guy, how did this tackle do against yeah. this edge rusher, how did you know this? It's a little different when you're a quarterback, yeah. and you're kind of going up against entire defense, but one-on-one matchups definitely matter for tape
3: because these quarterbacks don't have to dominate big-time competition. Right, if Trey Lance, Malik Willis getting drafted, some of these other guys, you know, it's you can you can still go top five. Yeah. Zach Wilson,
4: yeah. Now, and and I mean, part of that's also been helped by a guy like you know Josh Allen, who didn't dominate but had all the tools. Trey Lance especially was a tools pick. Now I had somebody I, I made the same reference like, hey, what do you do about a guy from North Dakota State? And uh, I had an NFL, NFL scout tell me last spring they're like. We gotta stop pretending like North Dakota Skate is North Dakota State is a small school. Like they're not. They've put three quarterbacks in the NFL. Their last three quarterbacks have landed on yep. NFL teams. They're dominant at their level. They're they are considered a legitimate program to everybody in the NFL.
3: So Sonny Dykes will join us at 840 and Jerry Jones for the second time this week at 920 this morning. Cowboys Eagles tomorrow on this radio station
1: pregame at twelve o'clock choppy the five things you want to see oh man five things i want to see this week number one just like the last few weeks let's get an early lead they get the offense going early going downhill the hope is decimated by the loss of their quarterback the eagles can't keep up they can't keep up that's the hope can't they won't be able to play catch up you make them one-dimensional there you go number two make gardner beat you which kind of goes into number one uh i i don't believe uh, that he is as good of a deep ball thrower as Jalen Hurts is. Bobby doesn't think he's a very good deep ball thrower at all.
4: Guard, no, I mean Jalen Hurts can throw the deep ball fine. It's just I don't
1: think he's Mahomes. Right. He's not. No, he's not. Uh, I want to make sure and make him prove he can beat you over the top. He's a good player, uh, but Hurts is an MVP Can that's just different. Uh, number three, help out the opposite side of Diggs. Uh, the reason I think the pass rush wasn't there the last couple of weeks, just three sacks in two games. There's no coverage. How, How are you, you going
3: to help it? You said you can't cover it up. How are you going to help it?
1: I, I don't know. That's not, that's, that's <laughs> not for me to decide. It's for Dan Quinn. You playing sides or you traveling Diggs? Oh, man.
4: Might be easier to cover it up if you're playing sides and you can just bracket a safety to that side. How mm-hmm. much has
3: Diggs traveled this year? Because the easy, quick answer might be, oh, just cover AJ. Co- M- cover AJ with Diggs.
4: More, he's done it more as the season has gone on. Um but it's interesting Brian actually we were talking about this yesterday Brian said he would travel Diggs but he'd travel him on Devonte Smith Why? because he, he thinks that bland is has enough size and strength to be able to travel with Brown and and give him some physical
1: issues is Diggs better against the bigger he told us that's who he prefers playing right. against at and training Diggs, camp.
4: Diggs is not as shifty. Diggs doesn't have the long speed. But Brian thinks that because, like, Devontae Smith is kind of slightly built, he's a thinner guy, he thinks that Diggs will be able to physically overpower
1: him and mm. press. Mm. I just wonder, without coverage, you know, the, how, how many of their sacks this year have been kind of coverage sacks? Philly? No, no, the Cowboys. Oh, um... Some, but I mean, mean, you know,
4: they've won pretty quickly with Micah Parsons, Mm -hmm. Marcus Lawrence. I mean, they've, I think they're a strong passers team even without the coverage.
1: Uh, Okay, good. Number four, uh, Dak, can he continue to play like he has? I know everybody thinks he he sucked uh, uh, last week. You okay? Yeah, I I know everybody thinks he was terrible, uh, but he wasn't. I'm not sure he was outstanding like Jerry said, uh, but minus the interceptions. I think the only way that Philly could stay in this game without Hurts is if Dak keeps him in it. Okay. Like you know, if he throws a lot of picks or just, so, you have said, no respect for Gardner Minshew at all. Uh, correct. <laughs> uh, and, and then finally, say it with me: three words, no blown leads. I feel like this should be obvious by now, uh, but actually, getting and holding a lead would be actually something that 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 might be a good idea. Might be, That'd a be, good nice. Idea. be nice. Yeah,
4: yeah. Like, now that's obviously been something they've struggled with a little bit more on the road. But, you know, they they tend to kind of pull away at home. Um,
1: but, yeah, I don't think you want to play around with Philly. Who's your pick and why? Uh, the Cowboys win this one 26-12. Ooh, I like it. 26-12. to 12. Yeah, and I have you're right. I have absolutely no respect for Gardovich.
3: Okay. <laughs> Roberto? Uh,
4: I got Dallas. I got Dallas 35-23. 35-23? Wow, you put 35 on them. Mm-hmm. Do you
3: not respect... Phillies defense a ton?
4: No, I respect that Dallas for seven straight weeks basically has been a thirty point a game team. Um and so But Kellen
3: Moore is a bomb. Uh,
4: I, I mean I I think that your quarterback as as long as as long as they limit these some of these fluky turnovers or some of these just flat out bad turnovers just in general. Um without those turnovers, this team should be putting up like upper thirties in a lot of these games. Peyton. So,
1: Cowboys, with a defensive touchdown. With a defensive touchdown.
4: Mm -hmm. Okay. You're going to go Philly. Don't.
3: I mean, I've been the prophet recently, so whatever I say usually goes. But uh, the Cowboys win this game by three, three or four. 26-23, 27-24, something in that range. I like the under. I don't love the under enough that I would bet it. Um, The over-under is, what, four and a half in this game? and I'm sorry, the... The spread is four and a half. Over under is it forty six and a half?
1: Uh it's I was it was 46 and a, half a couple days ago. Yeah. Okay, so I think
3: I like the over, as a matter of
1: fact. I like the over. Do you feel more you feel better about the
3: over under or the spread? Spread. Spread.
1: Yeah, I feel I, I don't have a good take on the over under. Uh I have twenty six to twelve, which is thirty eight. So I would my, my guess is an under, but forty six is not a high, not a high spread uh high total. Uh, no. By any stretch of the imagination. No,
4: I, I I think that, I mean, obviously, I've got them going way over. Um, just because I think that Dallas is going to try and win this one through the air as best that they can. Um, but in general, um, I feel good about the Cowboys winning. I didn't have a great beat on the score. Because, um, the you know, the turnovers are just too hard to predict right now.
3: So, Choppy and Bobby have the Cowboys handling the Eagles score-wise. Bobby... A little bit more distance, and I'm going the closest. But still, the Cowboys with a narrow victory tomorrow right here on the fan. Now, Bobby is a writer and producer for the NFL Network. He was the one responsible for Jane Slater's uh, Texas Longhorn, Texas Tech attack towards me that ended up, of course... Uh, making Jane and Bobby look stupid Mm. after uh, the Longhorns choke like they always do. But nonetheless, the writing was good. It was very personal. It was very insulting. So every week from here on out, uh, we are going to unveil some of Bobby's writing for the Cowboys opponent. We're going to be picking and insulting and taking apart the other city. And we're going to be doing that in the form of something you may be drinking right now. The Dark Roast.
1: Is there a barista here? Because this roast just got dark. <laughs> all right, and RJ going to read it. Bobby has tasked me to read it. I have not seen this. I have not looked at this. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? <laughs> I have not. Yeah, I have be not re- seen be this. Get ready on the dump button, Peyton. I have not seen this. I have not heard about this. I am doing this cold. <laughs> no
3: one's listening anyway. But I, I
1: made a, <laughs> I made a
3: tremendous mistake working today. Oh, huge mistake. And and next week. And like, all that. Huge week. regret. Huge regret. I'm uh, like, oh, Eagles! I can't miss that, and they play on a Thursday night. I can't miss that, and all about the station, and that was really yeah. stupid. All
1: right, so here we go. This is in roast. You want me to do this in roast form?
4: Yeah, just a, a delivery. It's 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 a it's a preview of 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 not just the game, but also the city that, that yeah. we're going up against, like, an understanding of the fan base and where they come. Like from. The
1: late great Greg Giraldo, chop Giraldo today. <laughs> Oh, Philadelphia, city of brotherly love, yeah. <laughs> uh, which, if you know anything about Philadelphia, you know, the nickname fits the city, but as well as Bobby's wedding ring, fits <laughs> him. Oh! Oh, all right. <laughs> I
3: love that you're picking a roast delivery. Did those things totally go away? Are they gone? I, I, Can you not no, do that? No, Comedy Central does them a lot. They, do they still do? Celebrities.
4: Yeah, I mean, not no, with COVID. No, replays or new ones? Not with COVID they have not but I mean, they had a new one, like, pre-COVID, like, not too long before COVID, I think. Because they were
1: amazing. Yeah. All right, this is good. Guys, this is my roast, please. Oh, sorry, no, sorry, sorry. Sorry. Hey, you know Philadelphia's me. weird place. You know, the city's heroes, pretend boxer, who's gotten so many concussions, and even the Miami Dolphins feel uncomfortable letting him back in the ring. <laughs> 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 That's so job. <laughs> you know, their most famous monument is a giant idiophone. <laughs> a What? A giant <laughs> damaged idiophone. What is an idiophone? <laughs> it's like a, a bell. Looks like oh. you should have pre-read it. Oh. You know the most famous monument's <laughs> a giant damaged idiophone that they give to band kids who have no rhythm. Oh. Yeah, mostly just showing, of course, Philadelphia, highly influential city in America. We all know this. Here's some fun facts I bet you didn't know about Philadelphia. John, did you know the television program Law and Order? They don't even use scripts. They just give the cast a copy of the Philadelphia Inquirer and say, you got to wing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's delivery. All right, so is that... That means there's a lot of crime. they just go for the papers. A lot of crime. All right. right. Another fun fact here, guys. <laughs> you know the show CSI is set in Vegas? It was originally going to be set in Philadelphia. They changed it to Vegas after test audiences believed the crime scenes were too mild for anyone to believe it was actually Philadelphia crime. <laughs> I'm just seeing this RJ on stage. Don
3: Rickles' oh. rich little, like... <laughs> RJ on stage right now at the Addison Improv. <laughs> with, with s- like, a
4: spinning uh, bow tie. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs>
1: yeah, our current federal hate crime laws were inspired by a congressional aide who happened to see the Philadelphia police blotter and thought, oh, we should probably do something about this one. <laughs> uh-huh. Another fun fact, fame actor, comedian, and author Bill Cosby is from there. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's a joke. Oh, that a joke, joke. joke. We're yeah, was, gonna
4: let that fact stand on its okay, own. Okay, that
3: was just it. that's. The you joke. know, but
1: any Providence city used to have fine dining and world famous cuisine, and Philadelphia has that. <laughs> the cheesecake. Uh, they brought the cheesesteak to the table <laughs> as its offering. <laughs> this ingenious delicacy carefully sculpts complex ingredients of bread, meat, cheese, and onions into something you can literally eat. A li- 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 li-
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: literally eat anywhere else in the country and not even be able to tell a difference (laughs) it sounds sarcastic but i don't intend it to be sean it absolutely has to be a complex dish in order to have over 80 different places giving their own twist on the same four (laughs) ingredients wow he's really going at the cheesesteak for meat cheese onions and bread so complex well we don't (laughs) just have cheesesteaks They don't just have cheesesteaks there. Meek Mill, shining star on the hip-hop resume. And his legacy, it can't be understated. If it weren't for Meek, (laughs) Drake would not have a single hip-hop beef victory in his career.
3: (laughs) Wow, shots fired. They allowed
1: Canada to plant their flag in the hip-hop world. That's history right there. (laughs) And their favorite son, obviously, megastar Will Smith. And boy... Philadelphia love Will Smith, <laughs> which is a little weird because he decided to make an entire TV show about him being too soft for Philadelphia <laughs> and having to run into the privileged arms of a one percenter aunt and uncle in their Cush Beverly Hills estate. <laughs> 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 but that's enough about the city. Let's talk about this football team. The 13 and one Philadelphia Eagles are really good. They're really good. You know, they're the exact type of team I can see losing three straight NFC Championship games before ultimately losing the Super Bowl in the fourth year. They're that good. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, this game is going to take place on December 24th, which I believe is Christmas Eve. It is. But it's at AT&T Stadium, which means Santa Claus will be able to attend the game. And Eagles fans, of course, are famous for booing Santa Claus, pelting him. Uh, with snowballs, really bizarre thing coming from Philadelphia crowd. It's like this racist ass city doesn't even realize he's an overweight, overweight white guy, just like all them. <laughs> 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 Cowboys and Eagles, we play on the Saturday. There you go. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I love this music
3: too. Uh, it's Philadelphia freedom. I know Philadelphia. I, look, I was there's many things that segment could have been, but I was not anticipating <laughs> RJ's delivery, owning it. Well done, Ralph. Well, thank you. Thank, well thank you. Well done. Good, Good job, Bob. Job. All right, thank you. you're going to be that from now on. Uh, I guess you just pick a different comedian to deliver it in. <laughs> in terms of the, that was that was excellent. I found it very Thank amusing. You. I found it very good. Thank good job. You. All right, there it is. The dark roast for every Cowboys opponent from here on out, with the writing from NFL Network producer Roberto Bobby Belt. All right, we got a uh, Sunny Dykes coming up at eight forty. Was Not that you heard? That was that the end of Zach Wilson, Mike McCarthy's new favorite quarterback. And is Trey Young about to scare all Mavs fans who are afraid of losing Luca? That's next right here on 105.3 The Fan.
2: That's going to do it from MetLife Tune TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports.
1: That clock at four. Donchich. The step back. Three. You bet. Music. You said my word.
2: and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at TMobile.com/AcrossAmerica. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card, allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device, credit,
3: service ported, 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier. And timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in
1: six months.
4: Stadium, the Jaguars have come north and taken a bite
3: out of the Big Apple. Jacksonville 19, New York 3. How good is that? How good is that? On Jags Radio, they uh, get another W. Trevor Lawrence, T-Law. If Mike Baskin is working today, beat the Jets 19-3. to Where are the Jets offensively in points scored, by the oh, way, with this disaster? Yeah, as Got to be above the Broncos. Zach Wilson. Yeah, with... The points and the offenses being down this year. It'll be interesting. I'd be interested to see the bottom three offenses this year compared to, like, last year or the year before that.
4: They're 24th. The Jets?
3: Yeah. At how many a game?
4: Uh, What is that? It just says the raw number. Let me divide it real quick. It's... Never give it raw, Bob. <laughs> 18.9.
3: Ugh. They average 18.9? I'm surprised. I'm surprised that high. Who's below and Tampa, what are the points? Tampa. Tampa. Uh, let's find out. happened that the typing met that someone was on a no, computer. No, I was looking. Probably, uh, jobs go probably Tampa. Oh gosh,
4: what are you? What do you, you? Um, let me see here. Where is the team statistics?
3: All right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Zach Wilson had the QBR five point two. He got benched. The crowd was just vicious. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he couldn't burp without getting booed. Here's Zach. Talking about getting benched on the sidelines.
1: Yeah, it is, you know, and, and that's why I gotta look myself in the mirror. I gotta go back and I gotta watch this tape and just and, you know, you gotta you gotta be hard. You gotta be hard on yourself and just say, you know, why are we not moving the ball? And that starts with me. Why what am I doing that I gotta help this team be in a better position to move the ball? You know, whatever it is, it's gotta gotta figure it out. All right, here's your teams. You said they were eighteen point three. Eighteen point nine, yeah. That's exactly the same as Washington. Okay. Tennessee is below them at 18.2. Then Pittsburgh, 17.9. Tampa, 17.6. Indy, 17.5. Houston, 16.8.
3: Broncos will fall off by three.
1: Rams, 16.4. Wow, the genius. And then Denver, 15.6. The disgusting AFC South,
3: (laughs) Titans, Colts, Texans, three of, like, the bottom six. Gross. This is actually bringing out the best of Al Michaels because he's so miserable. Like, he's, like, too much of a legend be calling this crap. Mm -hmm. So now Al Michaels is trending every single Thursday on Amazon. Last night, he said, oh, I bet the Jets will find an 11th doctor real quick. That was to clear Mike White with a little wink-wink. I'm sure the NFL loved hearing that. The one, uh, I'll save this. He said, uh, the Jets fans are chanting for different quarterbacks. I can't tell if I'm hearing Namath, O'Brien, or Pennington. The Jets have all their turnovers for this drive. Whatever that's worth. Or whatever that's worth. And then he talked about Trevor Lawrence getting a facial. Sorry, Ryan. Slow mo that reaction on the fan cam from Roberto. Yeah, uh, Trevor Lawrence had like the pebbles mm-hmm. of the field kick up mm-hmm. in his face, yeah. oh. and Al was like, "Oh, just go in for a little facial at halftime." Yeah, there so you go. Al Michaels was trending all night
1: long versus this garbage football. Man, those uh, those those are like. Um, so some places will use cr- uh, shredded up sneakers, like tennis shoes, uh, and all, others use those shredded up tires. They shred your like like car tires or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was pouring last night too. Yeah. It was, it was a mess. Mess of a night.
3: Last night make anyone
1: feel better about Jacksonville beating us? Or worse? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean no, not worse. I mean the Jets have a good defense. I think
4: it's it's You're you're going to be perpetually unhappy, I think, if you're going to start measuring, like, your own performance against a team based off, like, well, what did everybody else do? It's like, you know, you, you need to execute. You were better than them in a vacuum, like, like, just talent to talent. You just needed to beat them.
3: I agree.
1: Yeah, if you're going to continue to just gauge, like, look at every team you've played and the subsequent games they've played and try to draw some conclusion, you are going to drive yourself crazy. Because styles do make fights the weather plays a factor uh, the other team and what they're trying to do plays a factor i mean i don't think you can ever really do that oh ah. this guy uh they, they this guy uh, uh uh this this quarterback dominated this defense uh but he or, or didn't play well against this defense but he played great against ours that means ours stinks eh, maybe i'm know. not buying jacksonville though i want to put that on the record
3: really i'm not fearful i'm not i'm not scared now i'm comparing them to the other afc teams in the playoffs right but I'd be much more afraid of Miami.
4: How far down the list do you get in AFC teams before you hit Jacksonville?
3: All right, no particular order. Buffalo, Miami, Cincinnati, mm, Kansas City. Did you just fall out of your chair? No, I dropped my pen. I was going to write it down.
1: <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, I'm surprised in, in, in almost 12 years that hasn't happened yet. You've never dropped your pen? No, fallen out of my chair. Oh, fallen out of your chair. Uh
3: Ah, I think I'm gonna say I'd be a little bit more afraid of the Chargers than Jacksonville. Ooh! So I'm I'm trying to knock Jacksonville down. I'm not I'm not I'm not scared if I'm facing them in the AFC playoffs. That's just me. Mm. Who uh, Who else would you? I'd have I'd definitively above them. I'd have
4: Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City, and then after that, I think they're in the mix with Miami and Baltimore.
1: Oh Baltimore! Oh yeah! We'll Bobby. I, I, Baltimore I, I, would, I would
4: probably
3: have those two ahead of them, but I think they're at least in the mix. I'd rather face Jacksonville than Baltimore if I, Lamar's healthy.
1: That's just me. Yeah, I would too. I just wonder—is Lamar going to be healthy? He's out again this week. He's yeah, out again. Yeah, that's we're, now we're getting close. All now right, we're close. Mavs
3: against the armpit tonight at 7 p.m. But how about this story? Chris Haynes, very good NBA reporter, says rival executives believe. Trey Young could request a trade if the Hawks don't make inroads in the playoffs. Sonny Dykes, by the way, coming up in 10 minutes. Rival executives at the NBA's annual G League Winter Showcase are of the belief that Trey Young could be the next player on a rookie max extension to request a trade if they don't do anything in the postseason. Trey Young is as competitive as they come, has a strong desire to win big in this league. He's under contract to the 26-27 season, but has an early termination option after the 25-26 year. He struggled to find the chemistry that propelled the Hawks to the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago. And this year, even though they added DeJounte Murray, it's not clicking. He doesn't like the coach. The coach doesn't like him. And other players have an issue with Trey as well. That from an anonymous coach. And why do we care? Because Trey's always compared to another guy in the league.
1: Luca, Forever. Remember Charles said uh, last year the Mavs were just last year's Hawks? Mm Mm-hmm. And I said he was right. Yeah.
3: Maybe a little insulting. That's a little bit too far because you know the Mavs are going to be in the postseason every year. Right now, Charles is looking like a genius. Look, man, we all knew the Hawks were a joke. Mm -hmm. That, that, That was a joke run. That was a fluke. That was a total fluke when they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Knicks. But... Here's my question. You dying to get Trey Young on your team?
1: Trey's a good player. Yeah, I I mean.
3: Is he a good fit? Trey Young is a a chucker. Chucker. He's a chucker. I could see how players have issues with him. He's an undersized chucker. I mean, bombs away, ultimate green light there. But him and Nate McMillan, remember the stories? Nate McMillan mm -hmm. said, don't even show up to the arena. Yeah, they they've had drama. They've had issues. They
1: have, but like you know, if Trey does this, how long before Luca does the same?
3: Yeah, Dude. Trey. What if Trey Young and Luca Doncic were on the same team? Just hypothetical argument.
1: They, you, I would hate to be one of the other three players on the, on the floor. <laughs>
3: yeah, never that's, see the ball, right? right? That's Two
1: black holes. That
4: that's hard. Um, like, it, where's
3: he a great fit? That could be a winner.
4: He's an I mean, even though and, and people look and say, like, he averages nine assists and everything, like, he's an ISO player. Yeah. Right? Like that's he's he's gotta be the guy. And of course, Luca, like that's been if there's any criticism of Luca from people, it's that, like, well, he can't play off the ball. Like, like Luca's gotta have the ball in his hands, and that's just, you know, it's it's tough to find pairings for that. So if you're talking about two guys that have to have the ball to be successful, that would not be a great pairing. But like Trey Young's not been good this year. He's shot 41% from the field. It's 30% from three. He's got like career low numbers in terms of his efficiency like across the board. The
3: efficiency, but the numbers are stupid career
1: wise. I mean, he's 25 and 9.
3: That's, yeah, I, that's I, I, awesome. I
1: think, I think you I could be I think he could be a good fit in Philly with Embiid. Harden? Well, I mean, I, I'm not even thinking of Harden. Well, you should. Yeah. <laughs> Harden and Trey Young. They can That that
3: would not work. I'm trying to think where else it could work, but there's the, going to be the Luca comparison to when and if Luca gets fed up.
1: Yeah, and, and don't don't fall into the trap that well. You know Dirk didn't leave; uh, he's the same because they're from Europe, right? Like Luca takes he is far more emotional and irrational than Dirk. Far more.
4: Yeah, yeah, because I mean we we never saw. I mean, shoot. We've seen like Luca like tear his jersey on the floor yeah. before, and we see how he interacts with the and stuff. They're they're, we stare they're very Cuban different. Down, supposedly, they're they're very different in in those two ways. But I mean, this is this would obviously be if this comes to fruition. This is obviously like the the nightmare concern for Mavericks fans is like that Luca's is gonna get to this point and
3: just say like I'm fed up. Like get me out of here. Yeah. So this is Trey Young. Apparently, his team's telling Chris Haynes, Yahoo, start the rumors up. I'd like to ask Bassett where he could possibly fit. 877-881-1053, truckwreck.com, text line. And Trevor Bauer reinstated today. What did the Tolos say when we suggested the Rangers should go
1: and pick him up despite all the accusations? For the most part, for the most part, they were they were on board. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a few say, no, he's a... He's a what, supposed to be one of the worst teammates there is. Yeah. Which, you know, he might be. But uh,
3: for the most part, they were like... He's one of these guys we turned on, too. We loved how vocal and outspoken he, did, he was. But they didn't shut up. He didn't shut up. But and I, I, I will say this in regards to his charges and all that. He has acted, conducted himself like an innocent person would. Like, he just... He releases YouTube videos, and he tweets things out. And he's like, I'm innocent... These so-called victims were consenting, and if I was totally innocent, that's how I would act. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know. He um, has text
1: messages that, you know, show that she wanted, and, and they were into this. They had discussed this. Uh, now, did they discuss the level uh, that, that that they were to go to? Uh, it doesn't appear they did. And there's been multiple accusations. And there has. Um, there has. So, it's, you know, it's, it comes down to, you know, was baseball policing someone's bedroom habits? Uh, that may or may not have crossed the line.
3: But look, to me, man, if, if, if you're the Rangers and you make this to ground move, you, you're you either serious or you're not.
1: Yeah, you're either in or out. We didn't
3: hear anything serious about Rodon, really, towards the very end. This guy's damaged goods. That's the type of pickup a team like the Rangers would add. I'm assuming the rest of baseball would back off. The Dodgers got to get rid of him first. But this is the type of damaged goods. This is a, this is a Cy Young talent who is 31 years old.
1: Yeah, they have to get rid of him first. It's not going to take 14 days. They have 14 days to do it. It ain't going to take that long. They're how either... much How much differently are
3: you feeling about the Rangers if it's Bauer
1: and DeGrom? Oh, with uh, Perez as your three. And immensely different because that slots Perez to closer to what he actually is, which yep. is really a four or five, not necessarily even a three, although last year he pitched like one. Uh, but then you get DeGrom and Bauer, um, and then you know, then, you, then everybody slides down to a spot that's more comfortable for them.
3: All right, let's bring in the head coach of the TCU Horn Frogs, Jerry Jones, at nine twenty. Sonny Dykes back on the show. Next on the fan, Jerry Jones coming up at nine twenty this morning. Had a little schedule change with the KMC Masterpiece here on Sean, RJ, and Bobby. We're getting set to be joined by the head coach of the TCU. Horn frogs. He is actually the AP Coach of the Year. Sonny Dykes back on Woo. the program via the Diamond Factory Hotline. Good morning, Coach. How are you? Happy holidays.
0: Yeah. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
3: How crazy have things been? Media attention, uh, recruiting, signing day, bowl prep. I mean, do you have do you have any time to do anything in your personal life these days?
0: You know, uh, you don't get to do a whole lot of that uh, from about the middle of July until about the second week in January. If you have a good season in college football, it's just kind of the way it is. Um, You know, it's funny that the season is, uh, the regular season is, you know, you get into a routine. um, It's really not that bad. All of a sudden, you finish. You know, we went to the Big 12 championship game, so we had an extra week of preparation and, and work, and then all of a sudden, as soon as that was done, it was on to recruiting, so it does get a little bit hectic. Thankfully, we signed our recruiting class on Wednesday, and now uh, we can really spend all of our attention on getting ready to to play Michigan in the college football playoffs. so it's a busy time of year, lots of stuff going on, but you know it's it's a fun time of year for sure.
3: Coach, when you have a year like this, is the recruiting and the attention on your program and kids wanting to come to you? I mean, does it explode like times? 50, or is that a little bit too much in terms of what some of us may think with all the kids who may want to now come play at TCU as a national championship contender? Is it invaluable what this year did for immediate recruiting right now?
0: Yeah, it certainly helped uh, with some guys down the stretch. I mean, I think we'll really see the needle move probably with the 24 recruiting class, you know, next year's class, Um, Mm -hmm. just because, you know, a lot of these guys decide so early where they're going to go. But we had a lot of interest. There was probably six or seven guys that we were able to sign down the stretch that we probably would not have had a chance to to sign uh, without the success this year. So, you know, we feel like we signed a really good recruiting class. We feel like it's going to continue to get better. You know, we have a lot to offer here at TCU. And, and, you know, we just think once we get the word out and these guys have a chance to get on campus and get around our program – that we're going to continue to re- be able to recruit better and better every year.
1: Have you found not just this year, but you know, even going into the 24 class that the, the interest from outside the state is much different than it was previous year.
0: Yeah, certainly. I think that there's, you know, we're starting to become a little bit more of a national brand, which I think in some ways is good. It's like anything else. You've got to get to figure out how to manage it. You know, the good thing is we're in DFW, which I think is the best high school football area in the United States of America. And so, We don't need to go too far outside of our uh, immediate area to go find guys uh, and certainly not too far outside of Texas, but there's always going to be some, some of the best players in the country that are outside of Texas that, you know, I think are starting to have some interest in TCU and and hopefully we'll be able to recruit them moving forward.
1: You know, coach, I always wondered this when it comes to recruiting and now with the NIL, like, do you kind of like, I don't want to say judge a player, but like when depending on how early in the process they ask for like NIL money or what your NIL situation is, is that like a turnoff about the player that they're just in it for some cash?
0: Yeah. You know, look, I think it's very similar in in a weird sort of way to hiring somebody. If you think about it, if you, if you have an open position uh, in your, in your business, whatever it is, and you know, a candidate comes in and the first thing they ask is, okay, look, how much am I going to get paid? (laughs) Then, you know, then I think, that's cause for alarm, whether you're uh, trying to recruit an 18-year-old football player to come to your university or whether you're trying to fill a position on your coaching staff or support staff. And so, you know, it's like everything else. You You have to evaluate people and evaluate what motivates people and evaluate whether or not you think it's a good fit for you and your program. And certainly somebody that's interested in, in, maximizing their opportunities as far as their income goes is not a bad thing. But I think that, you know, there needs to be a whole lot more that goes into that decision, in my opinion. Um, and I think for guys to kind of fit into our culture, that it makes a lot of sense for them to, for that NIL thing to be a consideration like it always should be. But at the same time, it's not going to be the, the driving factor on why they choose to come to TCU. Coach,
4: you're uh, prepping for this Michigan Wolverines football team next Saturday. It's, it's something that I think largely from the outside analysts are talking about, okay, you got TCU, like this is a, a track team. They like to get out and go and, and really push the ball downfield and, and have an explosive offense. And then, oh, you've got Michigan over here. That, that's classic big 10 football team and likes to run the ball and, and play hard nosed defense. And I think there's a feeling like it's easier to try and establish your identity or establish your game plan When you're one of those physical football teams, how do you go about, Making sure they play the game the way you want to is it is it more of a challenge the type of game that you guys play to get Michigan to play that style?
0: Yeah, I think I think you know you have to to try to uh, match their physicality. I think that's the the, the one thing is you, you just got to play tough. You got to play physical. You've got to be able to stop the run. Michigan is one of the few teams really in college football that will run the ball kind of no matter what. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna continue to pound you a little bit. They've got a really good quarterback and they've got some nice receivers and some tight ends that can catch the ball, but their preference really is to line up and just try to knock you off the ball and methodically move the ball down the field. And they will continue to do that if you don't stop them. So to me, that's going to be really important. We've got to be able to stop the run. Um, You know, I think that's going to be critical for us. We've got to do a good job in short yardage situations, getting off the field defensively and then keeping drives alive on offense for ourselves. And, And that's going to be very, very important. So, you know, I think that we, one thing that we have to do is, is, you know, rely on our strengths, which is speed and and ability to get the ball down the field, like you said earlier. And so we're going to have to take shots and we're going to have to make plays, contested plays, one on one type situations. And, and, you know, our guys have done that this year and we're going to have to do it on uh, on Saturday.
1: Sonny Dykes, TCU coach, joins here 105 through the fan. Against uh, Ohio State, they really went over the top nicely uh, in the passing game. Did you notice that in the other games on tape that they had that ability, or did that kind of stand out?
0: Yeah, that was that was a little bit out of their character. Uh, I think Ohio State really, you know, tried to sell out, and stop the run, and Michigan did a nice job of hitting them on some big plays. You know, hit a couple of big post routes, made some contested catches, and, and created a ton of big plays against those guys. And I think that they caught them probably a little off guard. I mean, Michigan has done that at times this year, but they did a lot of it in the Ohio state game. And, and you can tell that um, Ohio state was a little, like I said, a little cut off guard by that.
1: Is that one of those things where if you only see it maybe like once or twice that it's, it's a, you know, you got to prove it to me that you can do it again. Or does that really kind of stick in the back of your mind that they can actually do it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think it's like, you know, the, the game of football is really kind of about give and take. And it's like, goes back to what I said earlier. About you know we really have to stop the run. Well, how do you stop the run? You you commit more people to the run, and when you do that, obviously you leave yourself open to to giving up some long passes. And so, you know, our guys are going to have to really compete on the outside. There's going to be times where, you know, our corners are going to be covering receivers and and without any kind of help, and you know our guys are going to have to you know make those plays and be in good position to be able to make them and compete hard for the ball when it's in the air. And so. You know, I think I think Michigan probably has a pretty good idea of what we're going to do. I think they, they have a, a pretty good idea of what most people are going to do. And I think that's why it's so important to be able to establish a run game. And, and they've been able to do that throughout the course of the year. And, and that enables them to be able to take some big shots down the field and, you know, and create some explosive plays.
4: Coach, uh, Max Duggins obviously had a, a tremendous season. Um, he's been huge for you guys. Uh, announced recently that uh, he will be heading to the NFL after this season. Uh, but that he he was committed to staying here and, and playing this game and, and playing with his teammates. Just uh, I, I guess talk about that decision from Max and 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 the type of leadership that he's provided for you guys and and how much you know the offense in general uh, follows him.
0: Yeah, you know Max had a great year. I mean, he really has. He he's uh, gotten so much better through the course of the season. You know, I think he gets better every single week. Um, you know, he's certainly a different player this year than he was a year ago. Um, much more comfortable in what we're doing offensively. I think he really has a lot of uh, trust and faith in his supporting cast. You know, he, he knows he doesn't have to do it himself. He can spread the ball around, you know, whether it's handing it to Kendra Miller or whether it's throwing it to Quentin Johnson or a bunch of these other guys that can, can make plays for us. And so it's, um, you know, I, I think he's done a really, really good job of getting settled in and going out and operating our offense you know, the Matt, the thing that Max does well too, he's got a, an element where he can run the football. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a physical runner. He's faster than people think he is. You know, he's pretty elusive. And, and so when your quarterback can run as well, then that gives a defense a whole different set of problems. And so I think that's been a big part of our success this year has been his play. He's done a great job taking care of the ball. He's, he hadn't turned it over much. Um, and he's given us a chance to win every Saturday. And I think that's, that's what your quarterback is supposed to do. You know, he's supposed to, to trust the the scheme, trust the players, limit the number of mistakes and turnovers that he makes. And if he does that, then typically you're going to have a chance. And, and he's played really, really good, smart football for us this year. Um, he's going to have to do the same thing against Michigan. Look, they're going to, they're a, a team that's really physical up front. You know, the D tackles are really good players. Uh, they're both powerful guys and they got long guys on the back end and, it's a challenging defense, and they do a good job of not giving up big plays. And so, Max is going to have to do what he's done all year. He's going to have to stay within himself, uh, spread the ball around to a bunch of different guys that can make plays. And and I think uh, I think we all have a lot of confidence that he'll be able to do that.
4: And you talk about you know stopping Michigan's running game and and how important that's going to be for you guys is it any different preparing specifically for Donovan Edwards with, with Blake Coram out, or, or is it one of those things where it's like Michigan's going to play their run style the way that they play it. And, and the guy that's back there specifically isn't going to be that much of a game plan difference.
0: Yeah. You know, both backs are really good players. And so, you know, they had, they didn't change much with those guys. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're both uh, powerful guys that can make you miss and finish runs well. And, you know, they uh, they can grind the ball down the field. And and so their style didn't really change much uh, when, when uh, one of them got injured. And so they uh, you know, they just kind of keep doing what Michigan does. The one thing that's different about these guys is they'll throw a lot of different personnel groups at you. You know, they'll play with three tight ends, some play with six or seven offensive linemen at times. So they do some pretty unique things that a lot of other people in college football don't do. Um, and so as a result of that, they're pretty difficult to prepare for. And and it's, it's, they do a nice job of creating extra gaps that you have to defend from a run perspective. Um, and so, you know, defensively, you've got to be able to do a lot of different things. And, and you know, I'm sure, I'm sure with the amount of time that they've had to prepare for us, they'll have a couple of new wrinkles as well. And so we're going to have to be able to adjust and adapt and, and do a good job of, um, of figuring out what, how they're trying to attack us.
3: Coach, many people uh, brought up your name and thought of you after the Mike Leach news. I think you tweeted. Besides your uh, father, he had the biggest football influence on you. What What can you say about your time and memories when it comes to uh, Coach Leach?
0: Yeah, you know Mike. I think everybody knows this, but he was really a, a you know, a kind of one of a kind personality, very unique, um, just a different person. You know, I think. Uh, Mike was, you know, could be, he was great to work for. I mean, he, he empowered people. He gave you a ton of responsibility. Didn't matter how young you were. I think that's a, a big part of the reason why so many coaches that were on his staff, you know, particularly that Texas tech staff have gone on and become successful coaches is because Mike did a great job of mentoring us. And, and, you know, and like I said, giving us, given us responsibility and listening and, uh, really taught us to think differently maybe than the other people in college football did a uh, very unique personality, really fun guy to be around, you know, could be maddening at times <laughs> you know, just, be- mm-hmm. just because Mike was going to do it his way. And sometimes it drove you crazy. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's it's part of what made him so awesome to work for. I mean, it's funny when we got together at his service uh, this week, you know, we were all telling Mike Leach stories and, and every single person there had one and had several and guys like me that were with him. I was with him, I think eight or nine years. And there's hundreds of stories that you could tell. And sometimes you tell the stories and people are like, there's no way that happened. (laughs) It it actually did. And so, you know, there was never a boring day when you worked for Mike Leach and it's hard to really put a, uh, it's hard to measure really what he meant to college football and really football in general. Um, His philosophy and how Mummy's philosophy, I think changed the game. I mean, I really do. And I think a lot of what we're seeing now on Sunday in the NFL has trickled up to the NFL and, and certainly, um, you know, it had a huge impact on college football and high school football and just football in general. Well
3: said coach. Uh, we can't thank you enough for your time. Uh, the answers, the honesty, and we cannot wait to root y'all on against Michigan. Thank you so much and good luck coach. Thank
0: you. Okay, appreciate you guys having me. Look forward to talking to you all again soon.
3: Yes, sir, after uh, we'll preview the national title with you. Thank you. Uh, there is he is, Sonny Dykes on the Diamond Factory hotline, Nick Eatman, and then Jerry Jones with a Friday appearance. Mm. Final hour of the week with Sean and RJ next.